0: The WLEW Sports Network presents The Strong Side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, and Paul P. Adams. The Strong Side is presented by Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Randy's Hunting Center, 269-GUNS, Thumb Bank and Trust, Thompson Chevrolet, Go Thompson, and Sure Health, Better Health, Better Life. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by AgriValley Services.
1: The district championships have been crowned and now just eight teams remain in each 11-player division. Good evening and welcome to the WLW Sports Network's presentation of The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021. I'm Clark Ramsey, your host, and joining me tonight is a true professional. He even has license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hansen.
2: Thank you, Clark. Uh, happy to be here, and uh, what, a, what an outstanding performance by the Bearcats we saw on Friday night.
1: Also with us in studios is sports editor of the here in County View, Paul P. Adams.
2: Thanks, Clark. And
3: uh, Ubley was outstanding, and so were the Lakers against Hemlock. Can't wait to talk about them, too.
1: The Upley Bearcats took care of business, shutting out Marlette 42-0 to secure their third straight district championship, and Lakers held Hemlock to a lone score on the road. Unfortunately, we saw North Huron season come to an end, falling short to Andre Sims by just six points.
2: That was a, that was a heck of a ball game, I mean, back and forth. We knew both teams could score. We really thought North Huron's physicality would slow down Augrey, but they seemed to answer every punch that North Huron threw in.
3: It was a surprising weekend, a few scores across the state, and that's one of them. I, I really never expected North Huron to go down to Augre.
1: It's an all-in-depth look of the fir- first and second week of the playoffs, and it's all right here on Sports Radio 102.1 FM and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. The Strong Side is presented by Thumb Bank and Trust, Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Ranny's Hunting Center in Bad Axe 269, Guns, Thompson, Chevrolet, and Wolverine Auto Brokers, and Sure Health. Better health, better life, are you sure? The second week of the postseason is complete in left side or right side. You're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 and live worldwide at wlwsports.com. Your home, Price Go Football is the WLEW Sports Network. Will return, we'll have all the action from week number two the district championships in 11-player football. Well, left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, and Paul P. Adams. In the voices, we actually sound like, unlike last week when we were chipmunks. Uh, we figured things out, and we are happy to say we sound normal. We just may not be normal. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at that second week of the postseason scoreboard. We'll start out in A player football, Division 2, the only local team left. Were the North Huron Warriors, they fell short in Agra, forty-eight to 42 in a very close and high-scoring first half, and only three touchdowns between the two teams in the second half. Colon takes out Morris with 21 unanswered points in this fourth quarter to come back and win. It was 22-8 to at the end of the third, and Colon puts up three touchdowns to win 29-22, putting an end to Morris's season. In Division 7, the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers took care of business, scoring one touchdown in every single quarter, and they took out the Hemlock Huskies on a neutral field in Freeland. It was supposed to be in Hemlock. That game was moved because of field conditions. Lakers, now 9-2 and in the season, secures a district championship, their first since 2017, 28-7 over the Huskies. They will now go on to play Powamo Westphalia, who t- the Pirates took care of New Lother 53-21, Puamo, Westphalia had 296 yards rushing and 15 carries for 147 yards for Dak Ewalt with four scores. Impressive night there for Puamo, Westphalia. In Division 8, then, the game of the week on the WLW Sports Network, the LB Bearcats blank the Marlette Red Raiders, 42-0 in a commanding game for the Bearcats, and they now go on to play Breckenridge, the Huskies. Is that the Huskies as well? I believe so. You are right. Yeah, I had to double, double. I thought that was a typo on my part. Breckenridge, the Huskies, forty-one over Fowler with thirty-two points in a wild second half. Dave Hanson, first thoughts here on this week's scoreboard.
2: Well, I, I'm going to jump right into Paul's specialty. I, I, the biggest surprise for me is Morris going down at home. I, I just I would never would have thought that happened. Um, I took twenty-one answered in the fourth quarter. We Collins always been a, a really good team, but this is an outstanding win. Maybe one of the best wins in that school's program of late anyways. And, uh, to me, that one blew my mind. I know it's not our local team, but I, I just couldn't believe the score of that game when I saw it come in.
3: Well, I don't know if you guys noticed on the sidelines at ugly, we had an impromptu thumb sports writers meeting because pretty much the entire Thumb sports artists association was there. And at halftime we were meeting and going, you know, we're all on our phones going through Twitter and we see Morris up 22 to eight and we just assume, well, here, you know, Morris taking care of business, nothing to worry about there. It wasn't until I got home and I I, I heard that Morris lost. Uh, and to me, pro- the most surprising score of the weekend, even more than, than uh, North Heron going down, because I thought Morris was a sure thing. And now when you look at the outcome of that game, if North Huron would have won, North Huron would have hosted that semifinal against Colon. And so, and, you know, not only are they dealing with the sting of losing, but they had the possibility of hosting a state semifinal. So, just uh, there's a lot of hurt, a lot of heartache going on in North Huron uh, this weekend for what could have been.
2: Yeah, looking at Division 7, uh, you know, I was really impressed with the Lakers. I, I, they were favored, in our opinion. They did their job. They took care of business. Uh, like I said, I, I think a healthy Bad Axe team would have beat Hemlock, um, but they were banged up, so Hemlock squeaked by them, and Lakers did exactly what we thought they should, and that was take it right to them right from the get-go. Nice, long drive, scoring once in every quarter. Was really impressed with them, and obviously the Bearcats, they uh, were heavily favored and showed why as they, they took it to Marlette there at home.
3: We're, we're going to break down this game a little bit later, but in Division 8, Breckenridge scores 20 on answered in the fourth quarter to come back against Fowler, so you know we're going to get to see this Breckenridge team, and we already know if you've got a lead on them, they can make it up on you. So it definitely has Ubley's full attention.
1: And for those those keeping score at least uh, looking for your schedule here over the next 55 minutes, we'll start out with our game of the week. Marlette and Ubley in just a moment here. Then Lakers at Hemlock, North Huron at Augury Sims. And then we'll take a break and we'll talk about the new Lothrop and Palm Westphalia, Lakers opponent, and then Fowler and Breckenridge, Ubley's opponent, to wrap up the game and strong side for this week. Let's talk about the game of the week on the WLW Sports Network. That's the Ubly Bearcats hosting the Marlette Red Raiders in a greater thummy showdown for the district championship in Division 8. And the Ubly Bearcats struck first with five eleven left in the first quarter. Evan Bruski finishes off their drive with a 7-yard run. The PAT is good for Mueller, makes it 7-0. Ubly leads at the end of the first quarter. More of Ubly in the second quarter. Six thirty three left in the half, and Evan Bruski with his second score of the night. Another PAT from Mueller is good, makes it 14-0. And then Ubley's Evan Peruski through the air this time. A 15-yard pass to Kyle Sweeney. PAT for Mueller is good. Make it 21-0. I knew something was missing there. And it's 21-0 at the half. In the third quarter, more of Ubley again. Peruski with a 43-yard pass to Kyle Sweeney. An outstretched, armed Kyle Sweeney. Somehow he brought that one in. Beautiful pass, beautiful catch. More importantly from Kyle Sweeney makes it 28-0 after it made a made PAT. In the fourth quarter, two more scores. Logan Mueller. And then also Jesus Salah getting the end zone to make it forty-two nothing. Ugly blanks Marlette for a district championship, their third district championship in three years. Yeah, uh,
3: I, I switched around on the sidelines in the second half, and the chain game guys were kind of giving us some grief. They they didn't they thought we all picked the scores too close, and uh, I, you know obviously we were all wrong. We thought Marlette uh, was coming in uh, really playing some good ball, and they were. Uh, i you, you know going through your game notes, Clark that this. Marlette team had the most yards in the greater thumb conference one of the most explosive offenses they had just shut out City. everything was trending their way but uh Ubley is just proven on a different level offensively this team is is at its peak right now I don't think the offense is is really capable of playing much better but the defense has caught up and also helping that defense is the offense and I'll, I'll go to the first two drives for Ubley 13 play uh i I believe it was a combined 23 plays uh in those two drives both double digit play drives and that's what the bearcats want to do there there really weren't the big plays other than the the um peruski to sweeney 43 yarder other than that it was getting you know five six seven yards at a time but they weren't relying on the big plays and they were just grinding marlette down and when you look at it 46 carries, 250 yards. Maybe the yards were a little bit lower, but the carries were right where they were supposed to be, and the time of possession was so lopsided that Marlette was really against the eight ball. When they even got down by one touchdown, they had to answer. When they didn't answer and got down two, it was really ball game from that point because Upley was in complete control of the game.
2: This team led by this coaching staff, they they make better adjustments. They game plan. They study better and execute better than any coaching staff I think I've ever been a part of. It starts with them. They knew Marlette, beat him up in the first half the first time around, and they, they had a game plan to take that away. And they took Marlette right out of their game plan early, and then on top of that, this ugly team scored in bunches all year long. They got big play after big play after big play, and it didn't happen on Friday. I mean, yes, the play action, they had everybody fooled on the 43-yard pass to Kyle Sweeney, but otherwise, they were patient, they were disciplined, and they wore down Marlette with four five-yard carries all the way up and down the field using the play clock, seven-minute drive, come back with a seven-minute drive again, score. This team can really beat you in a lot of ways, and, I, and you mentioned the offense helping out the defense, Paul, and vice versa. But this special teams all of a sudden is a weapon for this team. Uh, you see perfect on the extra points again was Brett Mueller, you saw multiple times where, where his kickoffs are inside the 10 or in the end zone every single time. Marlette tried to catch it at the 5 and return it. They were lucky to get back to the 15. This special team's coverage takes over, but with a kicker like that that can switch fields, can make extra points, and he virtually gets them an extra touchdown just by making all their extra points. This team is dangerous. They don't really have a weakness. They are physical, and they will work harder than anybody else.
3: You're so right, Dave, and you mentioned Brett Mueller, and you really got to you got to single this kid out. I mean, the kid's a weapon. He had two touchbacks. There you go. Ring the big bell uh, for Brett Mueller because he is creating long fields for the opposition, whether it be at the 20 or inside the 20. And that's a tall task to to have to march the the ball 80 yards on this ugly defense, which has gotten better and better and better, and is is starting to peak at the right time. So, uh, no more of this uh, starting at the 40 uh, that we've seen in the past from from ugly. They haven't had that luxury of having a kicker. So Brett Mueller, uh, absolute weapon, and they are using him right. And guess what? This kid can hit field goals too. There might come a time in this playoff run where where the chips are down and he's going to have to hit a 35-yard field goal and he is very well capable or maybe even from 40. So, uh just love what the way he's developed and it's, he you know, we've seen him getting better and better and, and gain more confidence each week and uh when you've got him doing that and the defense and offense doing their thing, uh it's a total package right now for the
2: Bearcats.
1: Well one thing I mentioned that, the, go ahead Dave. I
2: mentioned the coaching staff there, Clark. You just you saw Marlottte come in with a game plan. and when Ubley took their game plan away, you could see all of Marlat's hard work that week was gone. It was pretty much, well, that didn't work. I guess we'll just improvise and see what happens. and it that that won't work. You have to be prepared for everything. You have to have a counter to the counter to the counter when it comes to Ugly because they will take away the first thing you give them. If you played them once before, that tape is the only thing that they think about, and they will try to eliminate everything you try to do. It's similar to the Bill Belichick theory we're taking away your best player or your best play beat us with something else, and we see time and time again that these teams in this area, when that best play or best player is taken away, the Ugly Bearcats
1: win. Colin Nobirsky actually led the rushing attack with 82 yards on 16 carries. Evan Bruski, 81 yards and eight carries and two touchdowns on the ground. Mark Heilig, 11 carries for 55 yards. Logan Mueller, six carries for 13 yards and a score. And Jason Sal, two carries for nine yards and one touchdown. Through the air, Evan Bruski, 60% completion rate with three of five passing for 77 yards and two touchdowns. Receiving the ball, Kyle Sweeney, two of those for 58 yards and two scores, and Cal the other reception, for 19 yards. They held Marlette to just 78 yards, rushing 82 through the air as well. Like we said, Marlette, the team with the most accumulated yards, rushing and passing on the season, and Ubley held them to, what, 160 yards in the night. Pretty impressive defense here.
3: You mentioned Noburski, and I'm glad you did. Um, He led the team in rushing, and he was the one in the first half that was really softening up that Marlette defense. He was the one getting those... Those hard three, four, five yards to continue a drive, to get those first downs, and to keep those those drives going for the likes of Peruski and High League and the rest of those guys. But uh, uh, Colin Oberski has been the guy that's really probably you know he's he's running with a purpose. He's a big back, six foot you know six foot one, two hundred pounds. Uh, he's the guy they go to if they need a yard or two. Colin Obrzyski's going to get it, and he's just. He's running like a a, a, a man possessed this, this year, and I really like to see it because that, that really completes that that offense uh, balance for them.
2: That one-two punch with him and Heilig has really turned out to be big because when teams start to creep in and try to take away their lanes, that's the time that Peruski keeps it and hits them big. And you can see in the red zone, just when you forget about Logan Mueller, he punches in the touchdown, you know, wide open for him to run in as they're trying to to cover all the other guys we just mentioned. Then they hit you with Logan Mueller, and he scores the touchdown. When this team gets gets rolling, even three, four yards a crack, this team is very, very difficult to stop.
3: I think the most important possession of the game for Ugly was their third possession. They got the ball with a, what, right around a little less than two minutes to go in the half, uh, up 14 to nothing. You're thinking to yourself, Wow, this is kind of feeling like the Harbor Beach game from from the week prior. If Marlette can get a stop here, Marlette gets the ball to the second half, maybe gets a score, and we got ourselves a ball game. Instead, Ugly, you know, we talk about that wing T, you know, grind it out. All of a sudden, here goes, here comes Ugly. Pro set spread right down the field. I believe it was eight plays, seventy-two yards, uh, and, and capped off by uh, Peruski to Sweeney for fifteen yards. But it was just beautiful to watch this offense that that uh, is so controlled hey, they can open up and they can do some other things too, and they did it really well in a two-minute drill.
2: That was our favorite thing to talk about after the game was minute 52, they go down and score with time still on the clock. And it was basically spread it out, snap it to Brewski and the shotgun, let him roll out, and make the decision. If there's a receiver, you take it. If not, use your legs and make a play. And when they spread everybody out, he's a very difficult player to tackle in the open space. And then when he gets that Steve Young left-handed foot going on right down the field, 43 yards effortlessly, uh, he is a weapon. And they are just finally releasing the the uh, the training wheels on him. You haven't seen him at his best yet. He runs the offense as a sophomore fantastically. He's understand his ability to run the ball. And as he develops, if they can find some playmakers, some 6'2 playmaker receivers of some kind outside of Kyle Sweeney in the next couple of years, They'll be able to throw the ball at anybody if they want to.
1: Marlette ended up with leading led by Kyler Chisholm, one of the hardest running backs we've seen in quite some time as well as on the defensive side with 14 carries, 63 yards. Jason Tenbush's quarterback, four carries for 16 yards. And Grant Roberson, one carry for four yards. Jason Tenbush threw the air 50% for 7 of 14 passing for 59 yards. Roberson brought in five of those receptions for 39 yards. Ubley now goes on to play Breckenridge in the regional championship hosted by Ubley. And that game will be Friday at 7 p.m. Coverage begins on Sports Radio 102.1 FM and live and reply wllbSports.com at 6 p.m. This coming Friday, yeah, the game of the week, the Ubley Bearcats hosting the Breckenridge Huskies for a regional championship. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll discuss the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers in Division 7. Right here on Sports Radio 1021, Left, left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side. side or right side. You're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at Sports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, and Paul P. Adams recapping the second week of the postseason right here on the WLW Sports Network. We've talked about the Ugly Bearcats. Now let's shift our attention to Division 7. One of the hottest teams in the area would be the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers rolling through their last two opponents and really rolling through every opponent since that loss to Reese. They took out Bad Axe. They took out Uh, Of course, Tawas, and then the past two weeks have just been truly impressive for the Lakers, taking care of business the way they're supposed to take care of business, and it was no different this week. In the first quarter, in the very first drive, though, it did not start out as planned. The Lakers actually had a bad snap on the shotgun snap, and they fumbled it, recovered by Hemlock, and then later, Robert Nappick for Hemlock goes down and scores on a 14-yard touchdown run, makes it 7-0 Hemlock. But then for the remaining of the game, 28 unanswered points for the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. 5.58 left in the first quarter. Connor McCain, a beautiful 43 yard pass to Dylan Wayner, ties it up with a 7 7 game with a Managet. PAT is good. And then the second quarter, another score. Connor McCain a six yard pass to Dylan Wayner makes it fourteen to seven after a made PAT, and that would be the halftime score. Thank you, Paul. In the third quarter, Always Lakers to do that. Zach, <laughs> never mind. Zach Crutchmer with a twenty four yard run makes it twenty one to seven. In the fourth quarter, another Zach Crutchmer run, this time five yards out, made PAT is good. Twenty eight to seven. Lakers beats Hemlock for the district championship, their first since twenty seventeen. Lakers now 9-2 in the season, have won four in a row, and they get to travel to Paloma, Philly on Saturday to take on the Pirates.
3: Well, we could talk about p in a second, but what I want to talk about first is, is the, the stat that just jumps off the screen to me. 270 rushing yards on 42 carries for the Lakers. Early this season, they go two games without getting 270 yards rushing. They got it 270 yards rushing in this game, Zach Kretschmer workhorse-like effort. He is getting better and better every week. Uh, They keep running that off-tackle. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. They know what they're doing with it. 26 carries, 201 yards, two touchdowns for Kretschmer when you can have a running game like that and a really special quarterback like Connor McCain i think this kid gets overlooked connor mccain's a dual threat quarterback he can really get it done uh he was 11 of 15 146 yards passing and he still run for uh he still ran for 67 yards so what i'm seeing now is balance from the lakers and uh you know so the offense has improved this defense is vastly improved uh we're seeing the best out of the lakers we're seeing the team that i think coach lavasser envisioned at the start of this season and now it's coming to fruition and they've got a chance they're going they're going on the road that you know they've got a tall task ahead of them again against paloma westphalia but here they are first district, district championship since 2017.
2: well this team you mentioned mccain and kretschmer not to take anything away from those two guys but kretschmer was always supposed to be a big part of this offense the off tackle uh, no different than the wing T. You got your guy that's going to tackle, you know, attack the uh, the tackles and, and try to bounce it outside, and you got your guy that's going to attack the middle. Wisner was supposed to be that guy that attacks the middle, keeps the defense honest. And I think what they discovered is that McCain became that guy. He's the guy that attacks up the middle. He's the guy that grinds out the three and four yards, and that allows Kretschmer to take those off tackle runs. After the defense comes in to keep an eye on McCain, and then Kretschmer utilizing that speed attaches the out, attacks the outside. So I really like how they work inside and out. It took them many many weeks to find that between the tackle guy, and long behold, it was the guy that takes the snaps in McCain. So I got to give him credit for that. McCain's passing game vastly improved, but the running game is opening up the passing game, especially for guys like Wayner, who uh, is an absolute beast. He is a, a true, let you see, a true a Saturday afternoon wide receiver. Throw it up to him, let him go get it. He can beat you with a slant, take it to the house. He's a red zone threat, can go up and get a jump ball. This guy is a go-get-the-ball-at-its-peak type guy, and they utilize him four, five, six times a game, and then you go up to dump off guys, Collison, Russell, and Kretschmer. I love what this offense is doing. The defense is reacting because of it. And then again, you add my uh, man again kicking those extra points. Those are almost automatic points for this team and that helps them stay in games.
3: Yeah, all this starts with the offensive line too and and, and coach Lavasser sends out his emails, he or his text and uh, after a game he he usually gets a few comments and he he Singled out the entire offensive line: Luke Braun, Peyton Kenny, Charlie. Uh, how do you pronounce Charlie's name? Sinisi. C- 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 um, sorry about that. Uh, Blaine Blaine Red, James McCardle, uh, Michael Good, Colton Overvides, and uh, Logan Collison, Russell. All those guys. All those guys are responsible for the the run blocking, or the opening up those the, the running lanes, and, and and what they do for for the running game, and also protecting. Uh, um, Connor McCain. So those guys, they've really come together, gelled as a unit, that offensive line, and now you're seeing the skill guys take advantage of it. So, you know, it's not just the skill guys. It's those guys that I just mentioned, and I butchered one of his, one of those names, and I apologize to him. But, uh, you know, those guys are the guys that are getting it done, getting dirty, and allowing this offense to really reach its full potential.
2: Yeah, and it's too bad they're in the uh, division that they are because Paola Westphalia is – just a powerhouse. And obviously, Lakers, they are going to have to travel to Puamo. They are going to be the underdogs. But so what? You were the underdogs from the opening kickoff this year. And you looked like the underdog the first few weeks. But they turned it around, and it took until week eight to showcase that they are, they are for real. They are a good football team. They are a great football team. And they are playing like it now, and they are rolling in. They second to nobody, so yes, Powamo is going to be favored. This is going to be a giant task, but you go out there and throw your best punch at Powamo Westphalia, and you happen to beat them, all eyes are going to be on the Lakers from this point forward.
3: When I talked to Coach Lavasser today, he said Powamo Westphalia is the best team in Division Seven, but they're beatable. Now, in order to do so, if the Lakers are going to do this, they're going to have to absolutely be perfect. We go back to that first possession where they fumbled and and gave pretty much gave a touchdown to Hemlock. That can't happen against palamo's failure. So right there, can't commit the turnovers, can't commit penalties. Got to in one thing, Coach Lavasser said they got to be crisp and confident in their in their play calling. There there can't be any hesitation. So it's going to take a perfect game, but they're not going in there just to show up and uh, you know take a two and a half three hour bus ride over to Palomo and and feel happy about it. I think this team has the weapons. They have the confidence. Uh, they have the momentum to do it it's going to be an upset no 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 way shape or form or you know no way hiding it it's going to be an upset if they do it but uh if there's a team right now in in our area that can do it not named ugly it's lakers
2: no question about it they have to remain patient and understand that the 40 yard pass plays and the 25 yard run plays probably aren't going to come very often so get your three your two three four yards of play move on to the next one and, and consider that a win if they can stay patient. Move the change, keep PW's offense off the field. They can hang around, and if you hang around long enough, you'll get your chance at a win.
1: They were led by Zach Kretschmer, 26 carries for 201 yards and two scores. Connor McCain, 15 carries, 67 yards. McCain through the air, 11 of 15 passing, no interceptions, 146 yards and two scores. Dylan Weiner, four receptions, 71 yards and the two touchdowns. Zach Kretschmer, two receptions. And Logan Collison Russell, two receptions as well. Hemlock, Robert Knapik, they're running back, 18 carries, 118 yards, and then passing Max Dinninger, 7 of 19, and two interceptions for 143 yards. Lakers will play at Puam Westphalia Saturday at, I do believe, is 1 o'clock. 1 p.m., yes. And sir. that game will be on Thumb Tailgater, so you'll be able to listen to that one as well. In eight-player football, the North Huron Warriors were up against the Agri Sims Wolverines. It was a good weekend to be a Wolverine as well, but... In the first quarter, Augre Sims actually scores first less than three minutes in the game with a Mason Van Sickle quarterback. Keep 89 yards. The two-point conversion is good. Makes it 8 nothing. Augre Sims. North Euron then fumbles less than a minute later. It's recovered by Augre Sims. The Wolverines cannot do anything with it. And Will Case then, at, in return with 3.50 left in the first quarter, scores his first touchdown of the day. Two-point conversion from Case is good. It's tied 8 nothing. Then they exchange... Touchdowns pretty much back and forth. Augre scores, North Gr- North Huron scores, Augre Sims scores. Actually, Augre Sims threw an interception in North Huron's end zone with 923 left in the second quarter. And then North Huron, about five minutes later, four and a half minutes later, Will Case with a one-yard run, makes it 22-16 North Huron by six points. But then Augre Sims responds less than a minute later with a Van Sickle 42-yard run, makes it 22-22. And then 2.18 left in the second quarter. North Huron's Will Case with a 31 yard run for his fourth score of the day.
0: Four for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. To
1: make it 28 22. North Huron by six. And then by the Augre Sims scores. North Huron scores. And with 24 seconds left in the first half, Van Sickle with a 30 yard pass to Keegan Bender makes it 36 all at the half. In the third quarter, Augre Sims scores first with the Mason Van Sickle quarterback keep. Makes it 42-36. North Huron then with 2.40 left in the third quarter is stopped on fourth down at Augre Sims's seven-yard line. Cannot punch it in to tie up the ballgame, if not take the lead. In the fourth quarter, 8.55 left in the fourth. Augre Sims' Keegan Benner with a two-yard run makes it 48-36 up by 12. In less than a minute to play, North Huron's Will Case with a 28-yard pass to Jordan Coleman. Brings him within six points, but obviously the onside kick did not work. And they cannot find the end zone again, falling short in the regional championship, forty-eight to forty-two. North Huron finishes the season at ten and one. Actually,
3: the onside kick did work. It did work. It did really? work. North Huron had an opportunity on fourth down, went for the end zone, and, and didn't get it. So oh, it, man, that yeah, kills. the onside kick that was kills. recovered. Um, yeah, is <clears throat> a lot to unpack in this in this game. Uh, I'm sure if you'd have told Coach Check and O'Block at the beginning of the uh, of this game, you're going to rush for three hundred sixty-one yards. Five touchdowns, 48 carries. He'd take it all day long. That's what North Huron does. Not in his wildest dreams that he believed he was going to give up 459 yards on 50 carries. Uh you know, I, I really thought North Huron's defense would be able to, to rise to the occasion. And uh, you know, they just couldn't they couldn't contain Van Sickle. This kid was uh, absolutely amazing. Uh this this quarterback for uh Augre Sims ran for 271 yards and threw for 202. Uh, this is eight player football, folks. When you got a guy like a Van Sickle that's that special, uh he that, that can win you games. And uh it's not to say North Heron didn't have a special player in themselves. Uh Will Case rushed for two hundred and sixty-four yards, five touchdowns, threw for 116 and another touchdown. So uh it was uh it was quite a showcase, but the Warriors came up short and uh, you know, it just it, this one you talk to Coach Knoblock today, it still stings. Uh they they really thought they should have had this game.
2: Well, I just I look at just a couple scenarios, situations that I think North Huron let it slip through their grass. They score 59 seconds for the half to go up six. And that stood out to me because when we were following the game uh, via Twitter, uh, you know, when we were at the Ubley game, we were watching it. when Will K scored that fifth touchdown of the first half, mind you. Um, 59 seconds left. North Huron goes up six. We went, all right, there we go. North Huron can go into the half with a lead. Momentum on their side. See what happens later. But no. With 59 seconds left, they kick off, and they allow Augre and Van Sickle to throw a 30-yard touchdown pass and score with still 24 seconds left to go in the half. We go into halftime tied, and I really think North Huron's bubble started to leak air at that point, and obviously it burst when they didn't get that conversion uh, with two and a half minutes to go in the third quarter, and they were on the seven-yard line and turned the ball over on downs and, and uh, proceeded to go down by two scores, allowing uh, Gray to go down the field and score. Um, those were the two situ- situations where I thought this Mac Schools-type game, where it's high-scoring, no-defense-type situation I thought those two scenarios really were the backbreaking moments for North Huron if their defense comes up with a stop before the half I think this game goes a lot different uh, or if they get that fourth down conversion and score in the middle of the third quarter
3: you're right Dave having seen North Huron three times this year that those are situations that they take advantage of and they pride themselves in scoring but uh, you know just wrapping up on this this North Huron season put this into perspective what was accomplished this year school record by almost 100 points in points scored. First ever undefeated regular season, never been done in in school history and and matched their school record for wins. So this was a tremendous run for this team and for the seniors, a guy like Will Case, he's been on this team for uh 3 4 years and they've had a, a a great run uh of putting North Heron on the map. I think they were back-to-back semifinals before this. So this has been just an unprecedented run for North here in football, and it came to a really disappointing end. But uh, you know, as the sting of this disappears, uh, I, I hope they reflect on what what they were able to accomplish. Because when you look back through all the great teams that have ever been at North here, on this team accomplished some things that have never been done and may never be done again.
1: Aubrey Sims now goes on to play: Colon, the Magi, who are ten and one in the season, and had North here on won that game. It would have been home against Colon. Next week in the semifinals. It's time for a short break. When we'll return, we're going to take a look at the opponents of Lakers and Ubley for next week in the regional championship of eleven player football. Right here on Sports Radio 1021. Left side or right side, you're listening to the strong side. <laughs> Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at Sports.com. If you want to go back and listen to our broadcast from Friday night or any broadcast from this year or previous years, just go to wllbSports.com and click on the Replays tab, and you can find every single broadcast we've had in recent history, at least in the past uh, four years, are on there. And then beyond that as well, all of our strong sides as well. And we've talked about the Ugly Bearcats victory. We've talked about the Lakers victory. Now let's talk about the teams that they will be facing off in this third week of the postseason. If you think about it, there are just eight teams remaining in every single division. And in Division 7, we have one local team. And in Division 8, we have one local team. And we'll start out with the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers in Division 7. They are going up against Powamo Westphalia. For those who may be new to the scene, Paloma, Westphalia may be one of the biggest names in high school football in the state of Michigan. Consider them the Alabama, per se, or Georgia, the SEC of MHSA football. They are an absolute powerhouse when you take a look at it. They are the—last this is, last night, or actually Friday night, was their nine and a half straight district championship. They did not win the district championship last year because they didn't play in it. They would have won that game anyway. But they are the three-time state champs in 2016, 17, and 19. They've made it to the finals since 2011 just oh, just six times, and they've won it three times. It's an absolute powerhouse of a program. They are led this past week with Troy Wertman with 139 yards and two scores, Dak Ewald with 91 yards and a touchdown. Troy Wertman is also the quarterback. He threw for 86 yards and two scores. Receiving the ball, Grant Pohl and Evan Drost each with a reception. They like you said, Lakers are gonna have to play a perfect game, but Powham Westphalia is beatable. We saw Harbor Beach beat Powham Westphalia back, I think it was twenty thirteen, and we've seen Powham Westphalia go up against Lakers back in twenty seventeen also for the regional championship. This time on Powam Westphalia's
3: field. That time didn't go so well for the Lakers. I believe that was thirty four to nothing. It's a uh, cold game. It was a very cold game and, and Powamel does what Pomo does. They you know uh to, if you don't know what this team is They're a thumb team that plays uh, Northwest of uh, Lansing. Um, They are from Paloma, Westphalia. So like Elkton, Pigeon Bay, Port Lakers, they have a combined uh, community. And this this is a public school of a small size that has won three state championships and two runner up in the last decade. Um, You got to respect that from a, from a school that that's what a shade over 300 right around there. I don't know what their enrollment is. So, you know, to, to sustain this kind of success and to be back. Now you know, we talked about they they had they lost last season because they were forced due to to, to, to forfeit COVID, due to yeah. COVID. That motivates a team.
0: Just uh, a little bit. Uh
3: you know, so the, the players who are back, obviously you can't make up for the seniors that were lost off that team, but the players who are back, uh, they're motivated. They didn't lose last year. They ended their season with a win uh on the field and, and COVID took that away from them so uh yeah they they definitely have a point to prove and in a stacked division seven that features Traverse City St. Francis Jackson Lumen Christie and a few others palamo still might be the best of that bunch
2: no question about him. it it starts with Troy Wertman too I mean dual threat quarterback he could pass it he could throw it there's not anything this guy can't do um He is obviously going to be the toughest guy to stop, but they will beat you with power football. They could go ahead and throw it all over you if they want to. This is an offense that is extremely dangerous, and their defense is second to nobody as well. But I'm glad you guys mentioned it. With them having to forfeit last season, in a season where I think a lot of people would have chosen them to win the state championship again, here they are, probably the number one ranked team in Division Seven. Uh, They could probably win the state title Division 6 if things were to go their way. This is that type of team. They are extremely good, and it's a good thing the Lakers are hot because they are going to have to utilize that and pull every trick out of the playbook they can to hang with this team and have a shot to win.
3: And one thing, Dave, um, Lakers are going to have to find a way to do something only two teams have done against this team all year. Score double-digit points. Only two teams, and one of them was last week. New Lothrop scored uh, 21 points, so a uh, uh, single-digit thing is not going to cut it against New uh, uh, Paloma Westphalia. You know, Lakers are going to have to probably get into the 20s in order to really give them themselves an opportunity to win this game. So they're going to have to find a way to crack this defense that really hasn't budged much at all year.
2: Hence why you said you got to be perfect. They, they're going to have to find a way to score 20. 28 points, which is a task in itself. Oh, and by the way, you got to keep them less than 28, a team that probably averages 45 or more a night.
1: 40.3, actually, Dave, to be specific. And on defense, they allow just six points per game. So, yes, definitely strong on most sides of the ball, but definitely beatable. Let's talk about the ugly Bearcats opponent now. That's the Breckenridge Huskies. They beat Fowler 41-32 to in a pretty wild game. It was 6 nothing Fowler at the end of the first quarter, 18-14 Fowler at halftime, and it was even 32-21 to 21 Fowler at the end of the third quarter. But then Breckenridge scores three straight touchdowns, 20 unanswered points, to win by nine points, 41-32. to 32. Over Fowler, Breckenridge 9-2 in the season, they've won seven in a row. They began their season losing two of their first three games, including Hemlock, which they lost 33-8, and ever since, they've won seven straight touchdowns. Sounds kind of familiar. It's kind of like the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers, if you think about it. Struggled initially and then have been rolling ever since. And I think uh, you have, what, Luke Saunders, quarterback, dual-threat quarterback. Last This past week, he was 16-21 of 21 through the air for 261 yards and three scores. And on the ground, he also had additional three touchdowns on 11 carries at 118 yards. His favorite receiver, Jace Horman, 10 receptions, 212 yards in all three touchdowns. Passing touchdowns.
3: Granted, Breckinridge is a good offensive team, but they still allowed 32 points to Fowler.
1: You got something Let, against Fowler, or no, what? I, no,
3: I got nothing against Fowler, but I'm telling you, Fowler is not ugly. And ugly going to score on this team, and ugly going to score often on this team. I don't think Breckinridge can stop ugly from scoring. I think you're going to see something similar to last week where ugly maybe has the ball five, six, seven times, and they're going to score on every one of them, and they're going to get. Enough stops to win the game, or maybe even blow out Breckenridge. Or the other scenario is this could be like we saw a couple of years ago uh, Saginaw Nouvelle and Ubley, which ended up 56 to 36, big plays all over the place. Either way, you cut it, Ubley wins this game. And another reason Ubley's going to win this game Breckenridge has not played a wing T team this year. They have not seen the wing T. And even if you have seen the wing T, you haven't seen it how Ubley runs it advantage ugly playing friday night they're gonna work on their fakes this week and really get those going i think ugly has their way offensively against this team this could be what we've seen early in the season big plays mark highly could have one of those uh fullback trap kind of games uh, where he he goes off uh i i I think this is tailor-made for ugly to win this game
2: breckenridge is one of those teams where they are all about scoring points They'll figure the defense out later. It's just not a priority to them. And I think that they are going to score some points. I really do. I think Ubley's defense is good. I think they've gotten better. But this Breckenridge team prides themselves, especially Luke Saunders, on scoring points. I think he's going to move the ball on them. Will they have success in the red zone? Can they get the big play? I don't know. I think Breckenridge will score points. There's no doubt in my mind Ubley scores points too. So I think we're in a high-scoring affair. I do like Ubley's chances in this game a lot. I don't want to say blow, and I don't want to say running clock, anything like that, because I do believe Breckenridge has the ability to score on anyone at any time, which is always dangerous, but Ubley is always comes prepared, always finds ways to win, and I like their chances on Friday.
1: I was going to say, you don't get to the regional championship just by chance, especially in Division 7 or Division 8. Breckenridge averages 33 points on offense, 17 on defense. And it's time for a short break, and we'll return. We'll highlight this game in preview The game of the week, the Breckenridge Huskies on the road at the Udly Bearcats in the third week of the postseason, the regional championship on Sports Radio 1021. Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side. Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Thank you for all of our listeners out there, including Dan Banky, our spotter. Spotting from a distance even when he's not on duty. I love it. Hey, let's talk about, the, for the final six minutes here, what the next week of the postseason will look like. We've already kind of highlighted the Lakers and Paloma Westphalia game. Let's talk a little bit more about that ugly Breckenridge game, which will be the game of the week on Sports Radio 1021. And live worldwide at WLWBSports.com. And by the sounds of it, you'll have your choice. You could listen to a different radio station every quarter for this <laughs> game, and you would have uh you have options, let me put it that way. Uh but the Ugly Bearcats, to 0 Breckenridge Huskies, 9-2, Luke Saunders on the season, 122 and 201 for 1,978 yards. And 24 touchdowns, four interceptions through 11 games for luke saunders the senior quarterback number 12 for breckenridge rushing the ball he has 840 yards 118 carries on 19 touchdowns he averages seven yards per carry oh Oh. paul what you got we're
3: ringing in dave um when i talked to coach eric sweeney today about uh, luke saunders obviously he that had uh, Coach Sweeney's full attention, and uh, I asked him, you know, you you face some dual threat quarterbacks this year. Who does he kind of remind you of? And he said he reminded him of Tanton Babcock. Uh, he's big, he's physical. The only the only uh, difference is uh, Luke Saunders is left handed. So um, the good thing is for uh, for the ugly defenses, they have a left handed quarterback to uh, practice against. So that that's going to help them get used to that those looks from the left handed side. But uh, obviously, this Luke, Luke Saunders. Uh, player he is a he's a load he can he can get it done on on the ground and through the air um but one thing we didn't really see you know he he completed 16 passes those are great 10 of those went to the same guy so his distribution is not great at least in this game so I'm kind of interested to see if Ubley can uh bracket Jace Herman or Jace Horman and really kind of uh corral him who else could uh Luke Saunders throw to if uh if Hormon's covered, maybe maybe that'll be the key to uh really uh keeping Saunders in check. But uh, again, I go I go back to the defense uh Breckenridge's defense. I think this defense can be had. And I think it's going to I think it's honestly it's going to be exposed by a team like Ubly. This wing T has been clicking and it's got the uh it's got the X factor um that most wing T teams don't have. It's got Evan Peruski who when you need it, and and you need a play, go back to that game uh, Friday night against Marlette. First quarter, third and four. Uh, delay of game backs up to third and nine. Looks like that first drive is going to stall out at midfield. Evan Peruski says, I'll make up for my mistake. That that delay of game was on him. He rolls out, gets the first down. They keep going, then they score. That's just it's something that most wing T teams don't have as a quarterback. They can really make plays in space, and that's what Evan Peruski does, that he's the X factor. And then when you, but he's not the only factor in this for the Bearcats. Uh, but when the, when the chips are down, the Bearcats need a play. Evan Peruski's there. And then when you have the rest of those backs doing what they're doing, High League, Mueller, Oberski, getting all those yards and it's all working together. And then you've got Kyle Sweeney uh, catching those balls. Uh, this is just a tall order for any defense left in division eight to, to figure out how to stop ugly. We've, Ubley's seen every gimmick that you can imagine, and they've answered the call each every single time.
2: It'll be interesting to see if Breckenridge is able to pass the ball. That's really what it comes down to for me. We were, we were talking at the break. You know, it seems like Breckenridge is giving up points where Ubley is not, and we think that's their biggest advantage, uh, besides the fact that... We don't think Breckenridge has seen much of the wing T. So you put those things together, we really like Ubley's chances, but uh, they, I believe that their secondary is going to be tested uh, as hard as they've been tested all year, and if they can pass that test, they'll handle Breckenridge no problem.
1: Saunders' favorite receiver, Jace Horman, number 99. He has almost 99 catches, No, 42 catches on the season for 890 yards and 12 touchdowns. He's also the state champion in the 4x100 rally or relay. On track, so we certainly have some speed there. And uh, last week, 10 receptions for 212 yards and 3 touchdowns against Fowler alone. And on defense, they have a beast at outside linebacker, number 10, Kramer Lawrence, a senior. 8 tackles last week, 93 tackles on the season, 3 tackles for a loss, an interception there as well. Seems... I think we should see a pretty good matchup here, but I think it definitely leans in favor of the Ugly Bearcats.
3: Yeah, I think this game's tailor-made for Ugly. What the score is going to be, I'm not sure, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm confident that Ugly wins this game, as long as they do what they do. Don't 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 commit the penalties. Don't commit turnovers. Obviously, you know Ugly starts turning the ball over and and not converting when they need to convert. Yeah, this could be a a a, a pretty close game.
1: You'll hear all the action on this Friday at 7 p.m. kickoff with coverage beginning at 6 p.m. with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Paul P. Adams with the Meteor Roundtable, as well as Dan Bankey. All the action coming up this week, Friday at 7 p.m. Kicks coverage starts at 6 p.m. Thank you for listening to The Strong Side tonight. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Thank you for all of our listeners. As the road to Ford Field continues and continues to be shorter, right here on your home high school football, the WLW Sports Network
0: this has been a presentation of the wlew sports network like us on facebook and follow us on twitter just search for wlew sports your home for high school football is the wlew sports network